0: Hi, everyone. This is Martin Tyler, and you're listening to
1: Everything is Football. Don't go away. Hello, everyone.
2: My name is Mark Geschwin, and welcome to another EIF podcast. And today I am joined by a nice crew. We've got Go.com's Peter McVitie. We've got Priya Ramesh, who writes for all sorts of websites on Dutch football. I can't even list them all. And we've got our editor in chief and our resident Dortmund fan, Nick Hawkins. So thank you guys all for being here. And now, the, obviously, the pressing question that we have to go into immediately with our Dutch football experts has to be the departure of Peter Bosch from Ajax and him deciding to go to Borussia Dortmund. And, Peter, I'll start with you. And it's, it was kind of – it seemed at first, when I first heard the news, like, okay, it makes sense. You know, Dortmund is a you know probably a top-ten job in Europe – So it sort of makes sense for him to jump, to move on and and leave Ajax. But then you started hearing all these little rumors about how, you know, he was actually going to stay. But then he got into some fighting with Dennis Burkamp amongst others. So what do you make of this situation? Do you think he actually wanted to stay? Do you think Ajax messed this up? What's your take on all this and how he ended up leaving?
3: It sounds like it was the best possible um, outcome, to be honest, because uh, Edwin van der Saar described it as a, an insurmountable issue, because uh, Boss wanted to bring in his own people uh, more than than and his assistant that he, that he brought along with him the first time when he when he arrived, um, and that to Ajax was a big big problem because a key part for for what they for for what they've done is is the the technical heart that makes decisions um, and. Uh, and having a a system that's more than the coach, so that they 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 are bringing in the right players and and making the right decisions, and and that's been really key to to what they've done what they did under Frank de Boer and and what they've done now. Um, and so yeah, I mean there, there's been a lot of issues with Ajax's technical heart. Uh, it's as it um, it, well, it has just tons of issues basically. <laughs> but um, but the 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 idea itself of having that system, I think. As a as the right one and is a good one because it, it allows them to deal with 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 the loss of coaches uh, and players um, and in this case then I, I yeah I think it is a, a big big loss that they've lost the boor, uh, boss sorry <laughs> because of the because of the promise that he'd shown and how how far he'd taken this team inside one year made incredible developments and and really uh, revitalised a, a really slow and. And stagnant team, um, and so it's a big loss in that case. But the reason they have this is to this system is to to make sure that the the blowback from losing someone like him isn't massive. And so it's all, all about the, the next step that they take. Um, for boss, uh, yeah, it's a strange decision because he did seem the uh, an ideal candidate for Ajax before he joined. Uh, as I say, his work has been outstanding. But f- to make that kind of issue. Uh, after such an outstanding season is is a is a strange one. Um so but Dortmund is a is a wonderful job for him and I think he does suit it in a lot of ways, but it's a big, big test for him to show something that he's he's always been talking about is his his ambition to be a top quality coach.
2: Yeah, and it's interesting just because you know I, I agree with everything you said there and I'm gonna go to Priya next because I, I saw her I saw a number of her tweets about, you know, it's it's a it's a bit odd how much power this, you know, these these assistant coaches have over the head coach, and specifically mentioning camp, and you know she also talked about how much there should be a, a reality TV show on this technical heart at Ajax. and I'm sort mm-hmm. of I'm sort of the pessimist here in the sense that I just think, you know, obviously I'm a huge Ajax fan, been a fan forever. I just think that the club is just so inherently arrogant that they, in a way, they just don't, There were like uh, all these technical people were almost a little upset that someone could come in, sort of an outsider, as we said, you know, played for Feyenoord, wasn't a true Ajax guy, could come in and do better than what they were doing. And that's sort of like how I view it. Pre, I don't know if you sort of view it in the same light as that.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I can understand the points that Peter makes, and I think it's very valid. And uh, Nikos uh, over here also t- tweeted um, some pretty good thoughts on the matter. And um, I mean, overall, I do agree that the technical heart, in principle, is a good is a good um, kind of body of people to have within a club who kind of ensure um, long term sustain- sustainability of the approach you want to take as a football club. Um, but I just really am very sceptical of Dennis Bergkamp and his kind of um, uh, suitability and his uh, ability to be effective in that role. Because uh, obviously when uh, Peter Bosch came in, uh, Edwin van der Sar, um, confirmed that Dennis Bergkamp will no longer be sitting on the bench, even though he's, he is an assistant coach. Um, and, and kind of described his role as being the... Uh, culture bodyguard of Ajax or something. But, um, I mean, from, from what I can infer and what I can read from sources inside the club um, who have worked from, with him, you know, right from the uh, whole fiasco back in 2015 with Wim Yonk, uh and, uh, again, now with Peter Bosch leaving, is that Bergkamp is not really much of, of a of a proactive you know someone who's really excited to link the youth and the and the first team and he talks about it in interviews and that's fine but you know uh just I, I can't really agree with him as being the perfect kind of candidate for that job and um uh, and, and a point that Nikos made um was the fact that these technical heart um, uh, officials now, so like Mark Overmars, um, Edwin van der Sar and um, uh, Dennis Bergkamp, they got their jobs because of their loyalty to a certain approach and to Johan Cruyff. But, you know, there is the irony that in the end, Johan Cruyff kind of disowned them in a way and said they were going away from his vision. And then now you kind of see um, uh, it kind of manifesting again in the fact that um, Peter Bosch is kind of, Um, their difference of opinion was so large that it created this kind of unworkable climate for them. Um, And, I mean, I I definitely agree with the points that Peter made in as much as um, this is definitely a realistic kind of outcome that we would have expected if there was a uh, conflict to occur within the club. Um, And I think I'm not particularly um upset at the fact that boss left because mm. you know mm. as as peter said it's, it's a top 10 job in the world and uh it, it, if you look at it in objective terms a coach at ajax who gets a chance to go to dortmund is definitely a step up for him uh and it's a club that probably you know already plays the kind of football that he likes to play as well and the bundesliga is obviously a great league for uh, a coach like boss so objectively speaking I, th- I think it's it makes perfect sense as a move it's just the way in which the exit was kind of uh, manicured in a way, and and the way it, it kind of happened was just a bit unfortunate because just weeks before uh, the whole thing happened, Peter Boss was actually you know talking about how excited he was uh, to keep working with Ajax and looking forward to the next season, and just the the kind of abrupt bitter nature of the exit just seemed left it a bit. Uh, left like a bit of a sour taste in the mouth. If if yeah,
2: yeah. I, I mean, I completely agree, and it just it, it it feel is exactly as you said. When I when I first heard the news, you completely understand it. It's I was speaking about it with other people. It's a natural step up. It's almost a perfect fit for him. He gets as young of a squad with just more talented players, more budget, etc. But then you just all these things that just keep kept coming out about it. I mean, they released, as you were just talking about, they were saying a re- he didn't exactly try and promote players from the youth team into the first team. I mean, what, what kind of what kind of excuse is that when he's just been playing or he just had the youngest lineup in air history? I mean, regardless of whether or not every single one of those is an academy player or not, that's still playing the youth as is the IX way. So a- another thing that that comes to my mind is almost, it almost feels like a like a, like a cover up in a way that Ajax didn't want to admit. It, again, it comes back to the arrogance. I always say Barcelona and Ajax, coming from their Johan Cruyff you know lineage, are the two most arrogant clubs in football for me. And it's either their their way is always the right way, and it just it just reeks of this. They were upset that this outsider could come in and do as good of a job because I don't know about you guys, and this is the point where I'm going to come to next and ask you guys, is that for me, this is the best Ajax have played, arguably really since like 2003 when they made the quarterfinals of the Champions League. And to just completely ditch that for, again, sort of arrogant reasons and little petty fights just seems ridiculous to me. And almost, you know, if... This guy has done such a good job, which everyone completely agrees that he has, even though he didn't win the Eredivisie or the Europa League. Almost give him a little bit of freedom. It's okay, Bert Burkamp. Take a take a take a take a step back and just say, okay, we'll give you a little bit more freedom. Like, do you again? That is something I would have done. Is that how you see it, Peter?
3: Um, well, with Ajax, it's a bit strange because they do tend to have these open fights and it has been a recurring problem with with the technical heart. And, uh, Bergkamp has been, been a bit of a problem for, for a few years, as Priya says, outlined. Uh, and although Mark Overmars has been a big issue uh, just until the last year, basically. I mean, the decisions that Ajax had been making were, and the transfer market were, were really poor, the signings that they were making. Uh, and a key voice against those kind of moves was Young and he was shut, He was pushed out, and uh, as ongoing, as uh, really long public argument basically uh, between the the support of the the, youth, the people in the youth system and, and the rest of the club. And uh, Chula Ling, the former Ajax player, did an investigation into it, and his report was just damning of of everybody. I mean, there was no real communication between between Overmars and Bergkamp and De Boer at the time, who was in charge, um, and there was no no one really had any set role or, or understanding of what their role actually uh, entailed. And so these, these problems have kind of always been kicking around and it is a real big problem within Ajax. Uh, the organisation is just, uh, it just does seem shocking and these things always have a tendency to creep out. But I mean, they, they, they are incredibly arrogant uh, and they think it is in the best, they think it is um, for good reason and they think it is in the best interest of the club and the idea I, I, I can get behind of, of them wanting to to make sure that they have full control control over over everything beyond the the first team and 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 um, what else is going on, uh, and to make sure that the the coach remains just just a coach and and uh, not really the the main. Um, decision maker in the club. I think it's important to have that kind of coach instead of the old style English manager, which is being eradicated almost. Yeah. So yeah, I I can understand it. But these things that I actually are really just. I mean, it is going to be an ongoing problem. It's not going to just die with with the end of Peter Bosch, um, uh, do they need to respond to it? Because Overmars has been really poor up until the signings that he made this season. And and the problems have just been constant despite the success of of Frank de Boer and and now, well, the almost success of Peter Bosch.
2: Yeah, I mean, completely agree. And Priya, I'll just come to you with the same sort of idea here is that, you know, if it was me, I would have said, okay, since, really, since, like, the Cruyff revolution, bringing back the the old players really started around, you know, when DeBoer came in around 2011, around that era. And it just, for me, they've had their chance to do it their way with everyone from the Ajax system. And although it brought, you know, four Eredivisie titles, the play, as Peter continues to say, was stagnant and stale and not very inspiring. And the one year that everything finally seems to be turning in a different direction they just completely tune it out. They completely block it out. And I don't understand why it's, again, comes down to the arrogance, and I'm sure you feel the same way, that they should just take a step back and maybe just be like, okay, we are not always right, but that's not the IX way, is it? (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, definitely. I think um, if you do look back, I think the Wim Young departure in 2015, in hindsight, will just continue to loom over. as probably the moment that the Cruyff revolution actually just experience this downfall because when you kind of uh want to get rid of any opposition to your opinion or any you know anyone who speaks up against you then obviously you're kind of creating a culture where you're just surrounding yourself with yes men and that's not necessarily going to be for the betterment of the club uh and again i mean as pete's mentioned the principle of having of having a technical heart is great because uh you get to at a club like ajax especially when you are So very prone to losing talent in both terms of players and uh, coaches as well. It's very important to have a certain, you know, few people in the club who kind of protect its culture and protect the way that things are done at the club. But for me, it's just a matter of individual um, suitability and, and their performance because Again, the, the funny thing about this is, as Pete mentioned, is that in comparison to like the reports about Bearcam coming out now, Mark Overmars has actually really managed to salvage his reputation because he's actually come out as one of those people who's not really, you know, who was pretty much for Peter Bosch. And uh, from what I've kind of read uh, upon interviews and stuff, they had a pretty good relationship uh, between Peter Bosch and Mark Overmars because. You know, Peter Bosch just basically relinquished control of uh, transfers and stuff and just said to Mark Obermars that, bring me intelligent players, uh, quick players. And, you know, I mean, they they did spend a lot of money. They spent more money uh, this year than um, I can remember. Um, you know, bringing in Hakim, Hakim Ziyech and uh, uh, Sanchez and, uh, you know, David Neres in January as well. But if you look at Hakim Ziyech and uh, David Sanchez you're looking at probably the two best players of the season. So, you know, I I really think the last season has um, switched the way we look at Mark Overmars. And I'm not necessarily saying that's a bad thing because I used to be quite an outspoken critic of him in the past. Um, But yeah, just kind of, you know, I, I really think it's quite funny and then you're going back to the reality TV show um, <laughs> comparisons, you should really have like a keeping up with the uh, technical heart uh, um, TV show just to show what goes on behind the scenes. Um, but yeah, I mean, talking about the uh, La Ling report, again, one of the main outcomes, of, or not, not the outcome, but the takeaway from that was that camp um, and De Boer were supposed to be each other's bosses and um, and, and that was something that was highlighted in the report. And I, I kind of spoke out about that bit as well. But um, it, it it just doesn't seem to have... Like, no one seems to have taken any note as to what was what went on in that report. Because, I mean, Berkham came out and spoke out against the report saying he'd spend considerably less time doing an interview with La Ling than anyone else. And that might have kind of um, created a bad impression of him and that and it wasn't objective because La Ling was... Uh, part of Cruyff's uh, team and all that, but then I really think if someone's actually looked into it and has brought up certain observations as as a technical heart, as a working body of officials who, you know, determine the direction of the club and its performance, you should be looking at that and saying, you know, is this actually true? What can we do to improve it? And, you know, I don't think the kind of paradox of Bergkamp's role has resolved itself in a way, and uh, I mean, Pete made the point about it being a good thing to have an assistant coach who's kind of um, a bit more powerful than the head coach. Um, I can see that point and I think it makes sense. But then you have to remember that camp basically, you know, hasn't been doing the job of an assistant coach at, at all because he has—he doesn't uh, appear on the bench uh, at all uh, and apparently doesn't go to away games uh, and only really focuses on the strikers and the attacking midfielders in training. So, um it, it's definitely an interesting scenario but i i'm i've kind of been keeping you know i've kind of gone back to the uh, nikos overhaul's point um about the fact that they will continue to only reward reward uh, loyalty because loyalty is how they got their jobs so you know it it's a culture that could potentially turn toxic if, you know, if if someone like Fandasar or Overmars don't kind of take a step back and say, guys, we might have a problem here. We need to kind of rework this thing. And, you know, I mean, the fact that they're all kind of friends outside of football doesn't necessarily make it easier. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's a situation that definitely has the potential to turn a lot more toxic than it is.
3: Yeah I think so And But the strange thing for Boz is that he's going From this system that he doesn't seem to have liked To one at Borussia Dortmund Where it's more efficient and actually works better I mean it was this kind of they have a, a similar uh, power spread, really, uh, in theirs, which is, ha- has allowed them to, to recover from the loss of of Jurgen Klopp and, and several players and, and led to Thomas Tuchel and has now led to, to boss because they have that profile of, of what they want from a coach and, and what kind of style. And the strange thing is that they're probably not going to be more lenient towards that uh, as Ajax were, which makes it, I think, there's also a problem uh a well, a potential issue in the future on on that side as well which i find quite um strange i don't i don't see why he thinks it's go- he's going it's going to be a completely different idea um and and dortmund
2: yeah and i find it a little interesting and this is where i'm going to bring hawkins in hawk so the question in here is you know Tuchel was basically just let go for similar reasons as Bosch, a little internal fighting. And and they really are, idealistically, very, very similar coaches. They like to play a really attacking, aggressive style of play, love to play a lot of youngsters. And that was kind of the criticism Tuchel got a little bit towards the end. You know, maybe he's playing, he's trusting the kids too much. They could score a lot of goals, but they couldn't defend very well. They finished 20-odd-something points behind Bayern Munich, only finished in third place. Uh, They did win the German Cup, but on the whole, it wasn't a fantastic season. So for you, Hawk, does, does, do you think Bosch really is going to bring anything different to Dortmund that Tuchel didn't?
1: I think they are very similar, like you said. Um, and the main thing that I'm excited for with Bosch is just a continuation of the style of play and the attacking philosophy, you know, the youth, like you said, the energetic, aggressive pressing I'm excited to see a continuation of that next season because I think myself as a Dortmund fan, and I think I speak for most Dortmund fans when I say that that's something that we really value. You know, we would never want to see a Jose Mourinho-type, like, pragmatic defensive approach. No, we want to be, we want to have these young kids and we want to have, you know, creative players having the opportunities to express themselves. We want to see the team go forward and, you know, play for wins every time. And I think that Bosch will definitely fit that mold. And like you said, it's him and Tugel are very similar. And the situations surrounding their departures from their respective clubs are also pretty similar and both kind of strange as well. Like both stemming from kind of disagreements or arguments with the board or other people um, at the club. And I think that coming into Dortmund, Bosch will need to develop a good relationship with uh, Zork and Vatska to make sure that you know something similar doesn't happen to him. Mm. And so, like I say, I'm excited for the style of play. I'm excited for the young kids to keep getting more chances for the team to play attacking. But I'm a little reserved about results because that style of play doesn't necessarily always lend itself to results. And that's something that Tuchel was good at you know Tuchel got results finished third in the in the league is not ideal ideally we want first or second but I think that given this incredible season that RB Leipzig had that third is definitely acceptable and then you know German Cup as well and him being fired three days after winning the German Cup was strange Mm -hmm. and the other thing that I loved about Tuchel was that He didn't lose at home in the Bundesliga for two years. And that's extremely impressive. And I think that that is a hallmark of some of the best teams that have ever played, like Sir Alex Ferguson's Manchester United comes to mind. You know, Old Trafford was a fortress when he was their coach and, you know, in their best years. And over the past two years, no one's been able to beat Dortmund at home. And I think that because of that, because of the fact that Tuchel did win silverware this season... And the team also made it to the quarterfinals of the Champions League as well. So it, it, it was surprising for me to see him go. Um, but at the same time, I am very excited for Bosch. I think that he'll bring you know, a similar look to the team. And based on what he's done with Ajax this year, maybe even more youth, which I'm very excited <laughs> to see. And I think that as an American as well, I think that this is a great scenario for Christian Pulisic because Pulisic is very very aggressive he's physical he can he can win headers he's surprisingly good in the air for his height and i think that he'll fit in to boss's style of play extremely extremely well you know he'll be happy to press high up the field he'll get the ball take his first touch short goal and attack every time he'll he'll be very direct and i think that or I, I, at least I hope that boss will give him more chances than Tuchel did, uh. because I think that Pulisic was exceptional this year, and yet he still was limited to appearances from the bench for most of the season. You know, and we would we would watch Dortmund games, and then we would make highlight videos of the best players on Dortmund in the Champions League, and oftentimes it would be Pulisic coming off the bench and changing the game. Uh. The one that comes to mind is the first leg against Monaco in the Champions League quarterfinals. You know, he came off the bench, and those first 10 minutes of the second half, he was the best player on the field by a mile. And, you know, he, he changed the game, and I, I just hope that Bosch will give him more chances next year. Oh. But, but, yeah, I think that he'll bring a similar style of play, but it'll be key for him to have a good relationship with the other people at the club. So only a year and a half ago... Peter
2: Bosch was still at Maccabee, Tel Aviv. So I want to ask you, Priya, is this... I mean, just think about how quickly this has gone for him, from Maccabee, Tel Aviv, to Ajax, where he started off so, 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 so poorly, and now just a year later managing one of the biggest clubs in the world. Do you rate him this highly as a manager? I certainly do. I know Hakim Ziyech does, who said that he was the best manager he's ever had. Do you think that this is a perfect fit for him and he could actually... Sort of launch himself into the, one of the you know one of the top coaches in the world discussion.
0: I think it's I think it's worth noting that actually around eighteen to nineteen months ago he was still at Vitessa oh, yeah. if I'm not wrong because <laughs> it was only um, in January 20, 2016 that he uh, moved to uh, Israel for, for Maccabee Tel Aviv uh, and then you know Yori who's uh, the technical director there actually had a clause inserted. Uh, into his contract, saying if Ajax ever approached, that he'd be allowed to go, because he kind of he kind of preempted that you know Bosch might be on the list if Frank de Boer was to leave, uh, and you know six months later he was at Ajax, and then now a year later he's at Dortmund. So it's definitely been a very kind of steep progression for uh, for him in the last uh, eighteen months. Um, I think it's 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 hard to kind of gauge where his ceiling may lie as a coach. Um, just cause I think he is more of a type of coach that doesn't focus on results as much as on just his ideology. Um, he is, is kind of, you know, in, in a way you can see where the Cruyffian, uh, influence comes in, in as much as, you know, um, the, the playing style is his victory. Uh, and you know, results will follow, uh, that according to him. Um, and I, I can understand what, uh, what concerns um, Nick may have with him taking over Dortmund, because um, his Ajax uh, tenure didn't get off to the best of starts. Uh, they lost at home to Film Twey and then before that lost um, away against uh, Rostov in Russia. Um, and, and, you know, the first few months were definitely a bit wobbly before they kind of got their uh, momentum going and went on a 20-game unbeaten streak or something. Um and I think one of the um, criticisms that's levied against him is that he is a bit too stubborn in his tactics sometimes, uh, which was definitely something that you know emerged uh, after the Europa League final and everyone saying you know he d- didn't have a plan B was was very you know uh, naive in his implementation of his tactics. Um, but I mean, the kind of you know opinion I formed about his playing style is that. Um, for Peter Bosch's team, the line between um, his plan A being a success and a failure is a very thin line. And it's very contingent on um, 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 certain, you know players turning up on the day and such. And then you can also um, say that he didn't really have the resources at Ajax to form a uh, viable plan B to counter you know uh, a, a tight setup like Manchester United's. Um so I think definitely one of the challenges he'll have uh moving on to Dortmund would be how does he kind of make those small tweaks in his playing system now and then to uh you know negate the possibility of, of being criticized for being too stubborn or rigid in his in his expectation of his team and not wanting to change stuff up uh when you know, depending on his opponents. Um and also just, you know, the fact that Uh, he's going to be playing in the Champions League now and, and, you know, uh, you'll face a plethora of different teams there with their own different styles Um, and it'll be interesting to see whether he still sticks to his guns and continues to to play the way he wants or whether he kind of becomes a bit more flexible um, in terms of how he um, sets up his team. Uh, But, I mean, coming back to Pulisic um, and that's one of the things I'm really excited for his Dortmund team because they've just got so much young talent and you know I, I really really like uh, osman dembele um and with with both of them and then uh, i know uh Weigl's injured right, right now but uh him you know um they've got they've got a lot of really talented youth they've got some uh, some like Larson coming up through the youth as well uh, and probably you know will make the step in the next few years or maybe the next season um and that's something that peter bosch is probably a really good fit for because uh, beyond a certain point, he doesn't really care about your age or what your experience is. He, as if you're performing good and you're and you're kind of the player that fits his style, he will bring you into the team. Um, we saw it with Kasper Dahlberg because um, Bertrand Traore was supposed to be the big Arik Milik replacement. But, you know, um, Traore didn't really have his uh, shooting boots on at the start. So um, Kaspador, but, but Kasper Dahlberg was performing well and, you know, he gave him the starting striker role and, and never really looked back since then. Uh, you can also think of, you know, uh, Justin Kluivert, um, uh, Matthijs De Ligt, um, but also, you know, someone like Daley Sinkraven, who'd kind of been floundering on the uh, sidelines for a year or so at Ajax. Um, and, you know, it, it seemed like they were way too many attacking midfielders and, uh, Yonk was actually very opposed to the Sinkraven signing because they didn't really need an attacking midfielder. Um, but yeah, and, and Peter Bosch came in, saw that he had potential as a passer and made him develop defensive skills to play left-back. And that, that was something that really, you know, epitomised the approach that Peter Bosch takes to um, his team selection in as much as, you know, if you're a good passer and you understand his requirements of a player in his team... Uh, He doesn't really care much for your prior experience or your age. Um, And yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing more of the same at Dortmund.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing that I'm most excited about, is just getting these players more chances. The Pulisic's, the Weigel's, the Dembele's. Dembele and Weigel were already starting most games, but I think it's guys like Pulisic will get more opportunities. Another one is Emre Moore, who I think is a very, very promising young player, very quick explosive dynamic and he was very limited in his opportunities this year so he's another person that maybe I think will have an opportunity to step in next season Um, especially with news coming out that Royce is going to be injured for a very lengthy period of time Um, yeah and and like I said that's that's what I'm most excited for about Bosch so Peter I'm going to come to you
2: and I'll come to Priya as well because this is now the the key question for Ajax is moving forward. They need to make a decision on a coach. I'm pretty sure they had said that they were planning on making one by the weekend. Um, but this is going to be key for the development of this project because they have the best crop of really the best crop of players they've had in quite some time, all super, super young, but all have the potential to leave. Um, just seeing this week that Davy Klaassen might go to Everton. Um, maybe Bosch brings a couple of these guys to Dortmund. I think Ziyech would fit in really, really well at Dortmund, ready to make the step please, up. Please. please, <laughs> Would, be, would <laughs> certainly be ready to make the step up. So I think that the decision here is crucial and personally, for me, I would go with Marcel Kaiser because he has coached really the majority of the team on the with Young Ajax, so he knows the players right away. Um, the only ones he won't have managed at some point were pretty much going to be like Veer, Giver, Veltman, Shona, Sanchez, Ziek. really just some of the newer or older guys, but everyone else is super young and has had stints on Young Ajax, Dolberg, Cliver, Delict, De Jong, Nori, all these guys have had stints under him and they all seem to like him he's just had a superb season so that would be my pick because i think it would have a seamless transition especially because there's gonna be a champions league qualifier coming up which so you want that to be you know pretty quick the transition do you see it the same way or do you think they should come in another route i saw loudrip has been linked Yopstom, please no but he's been linked what do you what do you think
3: yeah, I think Kaiser is an, is a, an, an interesting uh, choice and certainly seems to be the favourite. And, yeah, everybody's really optimistic about him and it's quite uh, interesting because he, he isn't a, a well-known name outside of Ajax. I mean, he played uh, for them uh, from the youth system and for a few years he was a teammate of, of De Boer and Van der Saar and, uh, uh, no, sorry, uh, yeah, De Boer and um, Bergkamp and stuff and they've always been... Uh, well, sold on him. and everybody around Ajax seems to be quite optimistic about him. And they, well, he finished second with young Ajax in the in the second tier. Uh, got some really wonderful stuff out of uh, Abdul Nouri, who everybody's really excited about, and Frankie De Jong, another one who they got from Valletta, who everybody's really excited about as well. Um, and yeah, I think to to carry on everything and 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 to to just carry on the the spirit of this season, I think it is a. Um, a good one to kind of maintain the the, the spirit in the in the team i don't really see any big departures coming beyond classing and and veltman um i think those those two of have- Deserved a move uh, and probably will go this this summer, uh, and I think they can they can deal with that because well as Priya said they they have a plethora of midfielders uh, Nuri's pushing through now um, and and Veltman well it might be a difficult one to replace I don't know what they'll do with with if they let Kenny Tater go despite not um, playing all season or or so uh, there are a few problems to tie up but. Um, if they can hold on to Sanchez the, amid the interest from Barcelona uh, then I don't really see too many big problems they've only had Ziyech for one year uh, and he seems to be quite happy there so, but he is definitely ready to move on he has been before he joined Ajax
0: I, I think um, Ziyech probably uh, has in mind that he wants to win the Eredivisie before he leaves maybe so um, uh, he's you know pretty much set on to stay Unless you know a club comes in with with a huge amount of money, uh, at which point I think Overmars will definitely have his head turned. Uh, I think Klassen, uh and Feltman are definitely expected anyway. Um, um, I think Klassen, the, the departure will be relatively less impactful because um, you have uh, Donny van der Beek or you know Frankie de Jong who can kind of seamlessly slot into midfield um, and 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 kind of take up that role. And even if you think about Lasa Shona not being a starter next year, uh, you you could ideally have you know midfield of uh, of uh, Van der Beek and and Nori and Ziyech or you know uh, de Jong and Ziyech, uh, and that will still be very interesting to watch. Um, but I, I I I agree with Pete that it's going to be a sticky situation a right back um, if you consider the fact that Kenny Tater um, was it you know essentially if. Told everyone that he's going to leave before uh, the Euro- the Europa League final, I think. And Overmars, uh, I think after the Schalke game, uh, mentioned that there is, you know, very little chance that he's going to stay. Uh, I'm not sure how the departure of Peter Boss is going to change that, because um, now he may see that if, you know, Feltman leaves and obviously Bosch is gone, so Tater might have a chance of being a starter at Ajax. Um, so I'm not sure if that necessarily changes his situation or it might be a factor. Uh, bearing in mind, his agent is uh, Mina Raiola, So um, if, there, if there is a move, you know, he's not going to be a, a terrible move for him. Um, Feltman actually uh, has been a subject of quite some interest from Tottenham Hotspur, if I'm not wrong. Uh, and there are actually quite a few people in my mentions um, wondering if, if he'd uh, move to Dortmund and he'd be one of the Bosch uh, brings over um I, I can see it happening to be honest because you know uh, dortmund is probably a step up for feltman as well um and and probably you know might the bundesliga might suit him than the premier league um but yeah um apart from the tater and feltman situation but i hear good things about uh Zifert coming out um from the academy as well um and yeah, and, and I completely agree, agree with what Pete said in terms of they've got a good crop of uh, players now who uh, will give them a bit of sustainability going into next season. Uh, and, you know, the choice of Kaiser, I think, is, um, again, I, I really agree with what you guys are saying because the uh, Champions League qualifiers aren't far away. And one of the issues from last season was that the uh, players weren't used quickly enough to Bosch's playing system. So the team that he played in the qualifiers was basically De Boer's team. Uh, and, you know, I, I just keep thinking about the fact that if he'd actually made some quick changes and, and really brought in players who suited his ideology better, uh, they might have been able to do better in the qualifiers. Maybe not. But um, it it is that kind of needing to have a transition that is as quick as possible, as smooth as possible. And Kaiser offers that, you know, um, one of the kind of um, scepticisms about him from his young Ajax season is that beyond his ability as a coach, he had a, a, an extremely, you know, ridiculously talented group of uh, youngsters with him who, uh, you know, definitely were above the level um, at of, of the uh, Jupiter League. So uh, uh, some there is some scepticism around, you know, whether the final result was entirely due to his work or was it just because... His players were all, you know, consistently better than the than the standard in that league, um, and and you know he's good mates with Berckamp, who who spoke quite um, positively of him um, in, a, in an interview in May. So um, he has that going for him right now. So uh, <laughs> might might be you know my internal conflicts might be uh, avoided a bit more. Um,
3: it just means he'll fall out with someone else. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Mars next. Um, no, yeah, I mean, but if you look at, like, the other candidates for the job, Roger Schmidt's gone to China now, and he's the one that I thought might have been an interesting candidate. Uh, my pipeline dream is really, you know, Thomas Tuchel. Um, but I <laughs> honestly don't think that's going to happen. Um, and then, you know, you have, you have people like Yapstam or uh, Karen Seydorf, and um, I feel like those two might... Might mark a return to the football we saw under de Boer. I mean, I, I'm really no fan of Yapsam's reading. it was It was very much a deja vu of um, Frank de Boer's team. Uh, um, so i I think I think out of the possible pool of candidates, Kaiser, it probably the most realistic, probably the the best given the situation as well.
2: Anything that gives me more Frankie De Jong is what I want to see, and that's what my, and, that's, and that's what Marcel Kaiser should hopefully bring, so that is why he's undoubtedly my choice and so the last the last question I want to ask is to Hawk, if there was one player out of all these out of all these IX youngsters, who would you like to have Dortmund bring over? hopefully none of them, but
1: who would you have? Hopefully, hopefully multiple of them <laughs> um, but like you said, you already said it' Zayek. I think that. I think that a midfield three of Weigel, Ziyech, and Kagawa would be really well balanced and really effective with Vigel dropping deep, getting on the ball, keeping possession, moving it around and then kind of just sitting in front of the back four uh, or the back three and providing cover and just blocking passing lanes and stuff like that. And then Kagawa providing the creativity, having the license to go forward and then Ziyech being able to kind of press freely. So him not being the furthest one back, having the freedom to go forward and win the ball high up the pitch and just kind of instigate that high energy pressing game.
0: I actually think that fits the profile of Klaassen a lot more than Ziyech because, um, you know, it, it, in the midfield roles that you kind of described, you know, uh, Klaassen at Ajax was the one that really pressed forward and provided the energy and has been providing the energy in midfield since he broke through. Uh, and actually Ziyech was the one in the Kagawa role uh, who kind of had a bit more of a free, uh, a free reign to pick passes and, and you know, uh, put in through balls for the wingers and the attackers so you know, I mean, and given you know, Claassen's probably going to be more available on the on the market as well.
1: Yeah, Claassen would be great as well. And then the other one would be Casper Dolberg with Aubameyang probably going to leave. I think that Dolberg would be a good replacement for him.
2: Ah, uh, the classic Ajax, classic Ajax can never keep anyone, and it's it's sad. It's sad. Everyone just <laughs> po- everyone just poaching, but ultimately, this was a super. You know, as, as it is with Ajax, it's never simple. It's never simple. You thought Peter Bosch is making an upgrade to go to Dortmund, but it didn't exactly pan out to be all the details there. Um, so there's evidently, as always, more internal drama at Ajax. Hopefully they make the right decision and go with Marcel Kaiser, as we all sort of agreed with. And hopefully this young Ajax team with some incredible players continues on into next season. So thank you guys so much for coming on, Priya and Peter. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you. Good to be on.
2: Thank you so much. And give us a like on Facebook at Everything Is Football. Give us a follow on Twitter at EIF Soccer. And check us out next time. Bye-bye. I think we should get Yourself and your shoes ain't off the shelves. You straight out of magazine. Feel things
1: I ain't ever felt. Yeah. I'm yeah. not yeah. yeah.